Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. And I'm Laird. Laird, I have a question for you. I probably have an answer. Are you always the smartest man in the room? Uh, generally, yeah. <laughs> well, why, where, where is this coming from, Becky? So we did our Ask Me Anything panel, Correct. virtual happy hour last yes. night. We had a couple of listeners on the, the webinar. Thank you for joining us. That was uh-huh. super fun. And I, I got an email from someone. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> asking, you know, some for some further clarification on what we we had talked about during the panel and and at the end he also said Laird's really funny is he always the smartest man in the room <laughs> <laughs> well hold on how was me being funny also translate to the smartest I person? don't know See, but that was what he said <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that I actually am somewhat funny and that I you are I I am I'm used to me. It's it's that I don't take myself seriously at times. Is that I understand that you you have opportunities to be very business. And you know in business I can be, you know, president business. <laughs> nice reference to Lego movie. Um I can be uh, you know very 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 business, like yeah. very to the point and pretty pretty strict. Yeah. <clears throat> But then I have the, the fun side that people are like, I didn't know he's a lot of fun. In fact, we were, had an employee that uh, we had a, an outing and at the outing, pre pandemic. Yes. This is pre pandemic <laughs> at the outing. Uh, they, they said, Laird is a lot of fun. I've never known that because <laughs> they only see, they only see, see yeah, Laird. yeah, they, they only see president business. So I, I'm like, okay, we, we can have a said, but then I also got a comment um, coming back of like how this was one of the questions that was posed uh, by one of our listeners is how do I get away from the uh, PC police always cracking down? Yeah. And a, you, you know, first of all, don't say anything you shouldn't be saying. That's always the first one. But I, I've always lived my life that if I can't tell my mom what I did or I can't do it in front of my kids, then I probably shouldn't be doing it in public. Yep. You know, that that's kind of my thought. And that's the, the the realm that I operate in. And as long as you stay within those bounds, you can be fun and you can be funny. But now we gotta talk about the second part about me being the smartest person in the room. <laughs> what about that, Laird? I am definitely not the smartest person in the room. I would call myself a uh you can you you guys can argue on the percentages, but I would call myself like a ninety percenter. Is that I know and I'm pretty good about 90% of all topics. Like if there's a specific topic, I know it about to 90%, but I'm not an expert. I'm a, you know, everybody says, uh, yeah, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. That's what I strive to be is that if there's, you're pretty good at the technology. Well, (laughs) geeked out. And it's funny. I want to get away from it a little bit. Like I know technology so well that I, I get into conversations where someone's talking about a firewall. And I was like, well, do you have the ARP table set up, right? It's like, why am I talking about this? Why am I going <laughs> this? Because you far? can't help yourself. I know. Why am I going down this? And 
And I tried very hard to not, I tried very hard not to answer a lot of the questions yeah. and, and I tried to tee up questions, but they were all like, you know, tech related. It mm-hmm. is a tech company. So it was all that. Well, yeah. It was interesting because, you know, we said, ask us anything. Like we, we, we were like, we've, we had three people at the panel, you, me and Stuart. So between the three of us, we covered marketing, we covered sales, we covered agency operations, we covered technology. And it was, it was who knew what kind of questions we were going to get? We had no idea. We mm-hmm. asked for people to submit questions beforehand, and we got some. But we also knew during the course of the webinar, people were going to be asking us more. So we had no idea. Turns out it was mostly technology-related and, and more focused on ITC solutions than, you know, in general. But so that that meant you you got most of them because that is your wheelhouse. The one thing I would say that is really cool about what we did is we can absolutely unequivocally say that that was real. Yeah. Those were real questions. I mean, we were getting no curation on the questions. The there was only one question that came across that I effectively said, "Listen, this is a you know, this is going to go down a rabbit hole like in the terms of like it's only specific to one person. Go ahead and, you know, Take that over the client service team. Let them go for it. You know, yeah. let them be part. You know that we're listening. But every other question, except for the very last one, was actually last because it was asked right as we were shutting it down. Yeah. But um, everyone that was asked in, you don't get that reality with with a lot of uh, uh, technology. Any really anybody yeah. is those ask me any any things are are generally very highly curated, and you never know what you're going to get. And we, we got questions. I mean, we got, you know, negative questions. We got, you know, this sucks about ITC. How are you going to fix it? And it was fun to actually answer it yeah. and have an answer. Yeah. But, you know, those, those the, the whole point was these were the conversations we would be having at a trade show because a client would come up to us and be like, are you going to fix this? What, what What's going on with this? This was just a way to have it digitally since we can't have it. Yeah. In person right now. It was good because in I miss that. And I wish people I, I have no problem telling people my opinion. <laughs> so I, I wish people felt that same way. And well, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to get someone in trouble. You know what? If they deserve to get in trouble, they should get in trouble. Yeah. So let's just hear it. Let's get past it and let's do it. And every solution is I, I get really upset in business a lot of times whenever people there are people that only bring problems mm-hmm. they never bring a solution and it's problem 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 i don't mind when people bring problems i just wish they were had the mindset of like listen there's a problem i don't know how to solve it and then we can solve it together mm-hmm. that's okay but the people are just problem, 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 problem. And, but- or even be like, this is one way we might solve it. I don't know if it's the way to solve it. I need some help trying well, to solve or it. Or you just say, I don't know how to solve it. I've racked my brain. I can't figure it out. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's a lesson I learned very early in my career is if you're going to bring a problem, bring at least one idea for how to solve it. It doesn't have to be how it's going to get solved, but at least think through how we might solve it. Yeah. And then so whenever – uh, we do have problems that come in and, and whenever a customer has a problem, that's different. That's, you know, I have a problem. I pay you to solve it. Solve it there. Yeah. Uh, techie boy, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but I, I would rather address it head on. Hey, yeah. You know what? 
that wasn't the best. We can improve that and we will improve it. It's the best thing you can say. It's like a negative feedback on your uh, Google reviews. It's best to reply. Feedback is feedback. Yes, it is. And it's only as good as what you're going to do with it. So if you're not actually taking it to heart, you're not listening to it. Yeah, that's actually one of my real big problems is that I take stuff way, way, way too personally. Like I really do. And I've tried to step away from that. Like I care about every customer we lose. Like we get these emails that say this customer canceled. I'm always Johnny on the spot. Why? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? What happened? Why? And I have, and it's not like special case customers that I've been around or well, I just want to know why. Like I, I just, and so I take things personally. I take it whenever employees leave. I love it when employees leave, but I am a little jaded. You know, I was like, what did I do wrong? (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I try to not take things personally and I'm getting better at it. And so whenever I hear feedback like that, I'm very good about not taking it personally. And I think everybody else should too. It's hard. It is hard to do. But I was also thinking about how, you know, for for anyone who is a listener of this podcast and joined that webinar yesterday that they saw a very toned down. (laughs) 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 Very toned down uh, us uh, on that Uh webinar because – and I was thinking about why and it's, you know – Yesterday, we were operating in our official capacities as representatives of ITC, so it had to be, you know, not our normal kind of back and forth that we do yeah. here on this podcast. Because again, this podcast not for ITC. This is just us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it was different because, uh, first of all, it it had us, as you say, in official capacity. But also, it was reminiscent of what we do here. It was the the more relaxed tone. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, there's there's moments of uh, I, I provided a couple moments of self deprecation, all those types of things. Just you know, having humility and and showing that there's a, a human component to ITC. I think was very important. Yeah. Well, I think that what that's what makes ITC special. And I, I you know I realize I am a bit biased, having been here for nine and a half years now, but it's how approachable we are as a company, uh, both from an employee perspective, but also our clients who want to provide us feedback so we can improve what we need to improve. You know, not every company is going to do that. Not every company is going to open up and have senior leadership in a capacity where anything could happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we did have the ultimate protection that nobody could talk, <laughs> so that helped. But uh, yeah, I, we did hit every question except for the last one that came in at the very last moment. And the one that was very technical and specific yeah, to the to that role, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I even had but, – but to the question, am I the smartest person in the room? No, I had to actually admit during that call I didn't know something. <laughs> like, well, you, mark you, your calendars. I, I know. I remember. Um, I have it marked down. Oh, it, it, I, see, every single time I was like, I'm going to mark the calendar down. The, the, when you said you didn't know this or you didn't do that, I'm waiting for the day for those to come due. Like, <laughs> I, they're going to show up. I'm going to have, it's going to be like my birthday. You know, I'm going to walk in my office and there's going to be balloons everywhere. And it was on this day in 2020, you didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to, to the comment about you being the smartest person in the room, um, 
and and what you say about being only 90% on a, a particular topic. I know your philosophy and when you hire someone is to hire someone who is smarter than you and who is better at you at whatever that role is Correct. for that reason because you don't want to be the smartest person yeah. for that. And, and, you know, uh, I, have I ever told the story on the podcast about uh, how I learned how to play racquetball? I know I've heard it. I can't remember if you told it on the okay, well, podcast or not. Sorry if you have to listen twice. No, you're not. Um, <clears throat> racquetball. I'm actually pretty good at racquetball. Surprisingly good at, at racquetball. And in fact, uh, I remember playing, we, we were playing cut, cutthroat, which is two against one. And it's a rotating two against one. And had two very athletic people that I was playing against. And just due to everything, I was down one of them had 18, the other one had 17, and I had three. And I came back and I beat them. <laughs> and I just destroyed them. But I'm pretty decent at racquetball. And where I learned how to be good at racquetball is I would play racquetball every, you know, three times a week when I worked out. And I was just playing friends and other people at the club. Well, all of a sudden, this one guy walked in. He's like 70 plus years old. He goes, Can I, can I have a game? I'm like sure, you know I'm I'm gonna mop the floor with this guy. Th- this guy mopped the floor with me. I mean, up down. I mean, he cleaned the windows. I mean, he he was whispering in my ear. Have you had enough? <laughs> you <know? laughs> Are you ready? Are you done? <laughs> Are you? Have you learned your lesson now, <laughs> son? <laughs> And um, from that point on, I didn't play anybody but him. Yeah. And I played him every few days. I would just play, 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 play. And I would lose by wide margins every single time. And I got incrementally better every single time. And then eventually, I got to the point where I beat him a couple times. And he was like, man, that was a really good game. I mean, that's a solid game. And then he proceeds to tell me that he is a nationally ranked senior pro tour uh, <laughs> racquetball guy. We never sat down and really talk. He's just play a game, you know, into it. He never gave me any advice or anything like that. He just kept making me learn yeah. by, by trial, by fire, effectively. Yeah. And then, so we talked, I was like, no kidding. He's like, man, that's, that's pretty cool. I, you know, you are really good. This is after weeks and weeks of us playing. And then, um, then I found out he had a second gear. <laughs> <laughs> he, he switched hands. He went yeah, from being a lefty to a righty. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he went and proceeded to, to show me exactly how good he was. And I held my own. Like, I, I didn't win any more games whenever he was in that, you know, absolute predator mode. I mean, of, of just like every shot was a snipe. Every shot. It was – and if – and so you could never set him up for a snipe. Like it would just go for a one or two each time as we volley back and forth. And the only way I could win was for me to become a sniper too. And that's where I got really, really good is that I, you know, just an inch or two off the floor and you can't, there's no defense against it. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he, he was one of the big reasons that really drove that whole idea that, Find somebody better than you because they will bring, you know, if you allow them to educate you and train you and, and give you guidance whenever you're flat out wrong, you're going to get better in the process. 
So that's why I hire people smarter than me. And no, I'm never the smartest person in the room because there's a whole bunch of people I've hired that are smarter than me. <laughs> so there's your answer. Yeah. And my ego is now thoroughly deflated. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Your job's done. Episode over. Yes, you, you can you can go home tonight. I have fulfilled my task list today. <laughs> oh boy, I got to do it at least once a month. Make yep. sure I. Yep. Yep. We're already fifteen minutes in this episode. Of course we are. I mean, like it's not. It's this is the point. Do we actually do an article, or do we, we just banter a bunch back and forth? Insurance. Again? I don't know. You know what? I haven't had enough insurance these days. It's been more uh, business and uh, chitty chat. So what do you got? Yeah. So this actually was um, something that came out in August that I just flagged back when we had our little hiatus from bonus season three and the start of season four um, as something I wanted to talk about because I thought it was very timely. Mm -hmm. But Root Insurance, remember we talked a little bit about them last week (laughs) filing for an IPO. (laughs) Yep. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually um, came out with this whole campaign to drop credit scoring from auto insurance rates. Love it. You know, you know, and granted, there are states that don't do credit scoring like California. Correct. And some states have actually added uh, – they're, they're trying to move away from credit scoring like Michigan passed a law. But then they found a way around that. But – for now. Yeah. But the reason why so the reason why credit scores are used is because it's supposed to be an indicator of potential risk. And it's absolutely discriminatory. Yes. Absolutely. That, that is that is why Root is campaigning to eliminate credit scoring by twenty twenty five. I do not have to even see the article. I've I have not seen this article. I one hundred percent unequivocally agree with this article. So I, I do as well. Um and I don't want to be contradictory on this particular point because i i just can't there i cannot be contradictory there, there's, on the, just to, to there's no contrary there's no contrarian at no, all but be- but the reason why credit scoring is discriminatory let's talk about that mm-hmm. because i don't know that enough people realize exactly why it's you know it starts with something that that has been in the the mind share a lot these days is um, opportunity and you know you there's there's white privilege there's a lot of things that have, have been labeled but i really see it all coming down as is opportunity and where the opportunity is created is that sometimes you know just because of your circumstances your race your religion your your upbringing your you know financial status whatever it may be you might not have the opportunity. You might have to dig your way out of a, a deep hole. Okay, so what if you were a single mom or single parent um, that had a kid that ran up a whole bunch of credit card debt, paying for formula and diapers, and you worked your way, uh, you know, you worked two jobs and you did everything, so you had daycare and you put and you destroyed your credit, but you were a perfect driver. You destroyed your credit and you're a responsible person who takes care of their stuff and is responsible in life. And here you are um, because of the opportunity or the missed opportunity that you did not – you were not provided. You're now getting dinged on your car insurance. It's total bullshit to be honest. Because it's not really – it's it's a correlation factor than an actual predictor. Correct. Correct. And, and so – 
just because you didn't have opportunity or life gave you a curveball, you get to congrats, you get to pay more in insurance. And it's absolutely discriminatory. And I 100% agree that you should not be able to do that. Now, you know, the, the same discussions could be made also about gender. You know, why is, why are men charged more than women on driving? Because I, men on average are more aggressive, more drivers. aggressive drivers and all that. But I mean that, but does, that doesn't mean every man is correct. And so that's also discriminatory. And so I could sit here and, you know, we could start all day. We could talk about your race. We could talk about your gender. We could talk about your, um, you know, your eyesight. I mean, people that wear glasses, I could probably say that they might be worse drivers than people that don't need glasses because statistically, have you ever driven? Uh, do you need glasses to drive? I, I don't know your eyesight. So, I mean, no, I don't. It helps to see road signs that are farther away as I come up to them. Okay. So, so you need to see farther. Yes. That, that's what you need them. And so that's, that's actually pretty much what you need the glasses for. Cause you know, you don't need to see your dash. You, you don't have to have that near sight. You, you're looking outside like the, the d- traffic that's directly in front of me. I'm fine. With. Correct. Have you ever driven without your glasses? Yes. Are you, are you supposed to wear glasses while you drive? No. Okay. So, um, so you, you're not required to wear corrective lenses when you drive. Correct. Okay. See, some people are, and I know them all the time. They drive without their glasses. And I'm like, statistically, not only are you breaking the law, but you are, you are a higher risk than people that don't need glasses or people that don't need glasses for, um, you know, near, uh, far vision, near vision, whatever, you know? Right. But you're talking to someone with 2010 vision. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know where near and far vision is, but you could sit there and say that a lot of the factors used in insurance are discriminatory and should not be used. And credit is a huge one because you're penalizing people for something that a lot of times they don't have control over. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for root to say, we're not using credit scoring because of the way they do price their, their rates. They're a usage based model, right? You sign up for root, you drive around with the app on your phone for a couple of weeks, and then they give you your, your policy premium what it's going to cost and then after six more months you know that might change based on how you've driven over those six months and whatever but that's that's how root prices is usage how you are actually driving so it's easy for them to say we don't need credit score to do it correct and again while while i I like it being a little contrarian now is that that that's a little bit of uh that's a little bit more of woke bullshit is that, um, okay, so great. You're able to be altruistic and say, well, we don't use credit scoring, but it's because we use UBI. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of, you know, it, it's like, well, you know what? I, uh, I, I never damage the environment and that's because I drive a Tesla. Well, yeah, but your entire state is 90% coal electricity producing. So are you really, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just because you don't do it doesn't mean that it's not part of what has to happen. So what can carriers do to provide better pricing and not be using credit scoring? Just drop credit scoring, not 
not add anything else to their rating models? Yeah. Um, I, I think that where, where it would be really great is if we can get to a really a aggregation, like a credit bureau when it comes to insurance. Okay. So instead of it being about your financial, it's all data about your driving habits. So your claims, your claim history, your the average speed over the drive the the posted speed limit, how hard you brake, how how often you're actually driving, when you're driving, where you're driving. Because sure, if you're in the in the country and you're driving around and there's there's not a car for the next hundred miles and you do that once a week when you're going to church. You know what? You're probably you're probably probably low low risk. However, you might be higher risk because you're not as attuned to driving every single day and you might whatever. Right. But it works a whole bunch of different ways. The the, the numbers go back and forth. But yeah, I I think that in fact uh, Justin and I were talking about this yesterday is that carriers should absolutely get rid of credit and we were talking about it from another angle. I've already I've I've talked about this angle that it's discriminatory before. But we we're, we're just talking about it is that you know what? You would give yourself your, your carry as a carrier, you give yourself a leg up if you remove credit because of the cost associated with running the credit score is probably not worth what you're getting out of it. And you've had just historical actuaries that are like, oh, credit has is an indicator. Well, yeah, it's an indicator, but why don't you use all the other data points that you've collected from this client over the time and use it to price? Yeah. And that's an easy that's a that's an easy episode because 100% agree credit should be absolutely removed and we don't need to necessarily wait for regulators to come through to say when you can't use credit anymore just just yeah. update your algorithms take it out of the equation uh, and the thing is, is that you have carriers that believe in credit scoring and and they have it as a critical part of their model and they will fight it and they will try to find ways around it and there are um you know a, a good example would be progressive Progressive is a highly driven mindset company. They, 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 they look at analytics. They look at all this. And if you look at how well they do in across all states, they do phenomenal across all states, except for California. Because they can't run credit. Correct. Correct. And so their, their algorithm is highly dependent on it. Now, that's the argument on the other side is that, hey, you know, our, our algorithm is proving to be very, very correct on the credit score. And I'm like, well, maybe they have something there. And you try to think around it. But again, you're, you can't get around the ethical dilemma that they are um, – that that they are penalizing people for things that are out of their control at times. Yeah. I, okay. My credit right now, if you try to hit use my credit, you'll get a no hit, which means no credit. It's because I locked my credit. I had a someone, maybe more than one person, uh, you know, steal my identity and and all that stuff. And so I've done everything I, I can to mitigate further usage of my credit. However, you know, I, I went and changed uh, electricity providers, you know, got the, you know, moved electricity providers. They charged me a $300 um, deposit. Because you didn't have a credit. I didn't have credit. 
So that's, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm, I've got a great payment history. And then, you know, then you can go to your previous provider and say, hey, I have a good credit history. And then you can provide it. And then they'll, they refunded the, uh, the deposit. Now, if Progressive or any carrier that heavily uses credit allows that type of reclamation of the, um, uh, of the person's rate based upon, hey, I had a good claim history. I had a good um, a payment history. Everything is, I'm a perfect candidate for you. Does this change my rate? And their answer will be no. It won't change their rate. And so that's where the problem is. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I thought it was a really interesting and nice to see that somebody is who is standing up and saying, this is not relevant to insurance anymore. We're not using it. You shouldn't either. Well, it's not altruistic altruistic because they're not using it. However, I, I agree. And, And there's a lot of people that try to do creative capitalism where they say, Hey, you know, you give us a dollar. Well, the, the, the roundup for, uh, folds of honor, um, that you go to like QT. Mm hmm. And they, they say, well, if you round up your purchase and give that to, to Folds of Honor, we'll match it. Now, I'm looking at it a different way. There's a national coin shortage. And so all these, they don't have change. So what they're doing is they're being altruistic by saying, oh, just round up and give that to charity and we'll match it. It's kind of a creative capitalism to get around a problem. Um, and so I've seen a lot of insurance uh, carriers and insurance providers try to find ways to use current social dynamics to get them to get more business. I'm like, well, if you have to talk about it, if you have to like say, hey, this is what I'm doing to make myself feel good and all that and have have a cause and you have to be outwardly ab- about it, you you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not the right move is it's what you do behind closed doors when no one's looking that matters. Now, not to be said that, uh, I do charitable works and I, uh, and I brag about it, but it's because it's, it's really, really cool because I get to fly drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised that took you that long to get that in there. I know. I went a whole episode without uh, talk, or almost a whole two episodes without talking about flying. <laughs> Considering you did that this week. Yep. 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 Um, I, I do have a quick correction. I went further down their page um, talking about dropping the credit scores. So do we? Do we have to completely re record this episode because we're now boinked? No, no. It's not. It's 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 not that big of a correction. But I do I do want to mention it because. We talked about Root not using credit scores, and what they say actually here at the end is at Root, we base rates primarily on driving behavior. So while credit scores already play a relatively small role in our current pricing model, we don't account for them at anywhere near an industry average level, and we're committed to removing it completely by 2025. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Because they also said it's uh, credit scoring is allowed in 47 states and used by 15 of the largest auto insurers and over 90% of all auto insurers. Yep. So they're saying we're, we use it, but not as much as they are, but we're also going to remove Correct. it. But I, I know carriers that are moving away from credit and you know they're able to save the costs and they're being profitable. Yeah. So profit away. Dun, 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 dun. 
but yeah, it is, it is, uh, discriminatory because it, uh, is against, uh, people that don't have opportunity for whatever reason. I take my credit, like killer take my credit in my late twenties. It's called starting a business. That's a big. Yep. You, uh, you get it, you get that massive, you get that massive order from a large customer where they want to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of, um, equipment and you could tell them to go buy it direct and get it direct, or you could sell it to them and mark it up 20%. And but then you have to buy it. <laughs> and then you have to buy it. And then that customer slow pays. <sighs> yeah. That one hurt. Ouch. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, whenever I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, credit, across my business, my personal, because I made it work. I, I made it work. And, um, you know, in the end was the extra 20 grand that I made on the markup worth the damage that it did to my credit. No, it wasn't. I, I should have just had them go direct. I didn't have to worry about collections. I didn't have to worry about anything. And it soured my relationship with that vendor or that with that, with the, with the provider or the customer. Sorry. Um, so I, yeah, the best way to tank your credit is start a business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else? Nope. Awesome. What do you think, dear listeners? Credit scoring? Yay? Nay? It is up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Rexford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurancehappyhour or also find us on LinkedIn. Now, find us on LinkedIn. We might not you know, have anything of any value on LinkedIn, right? Uh, you're, you're, are you good at LinkedIn? Define good. I used to be good at LinkedIn. I, I, I'm, I'm less LinkedIn because I'm, LinkedIn has become a lot less about really cool business posts. And it's almost either a inspirational or are people that are going off the deep end. I seem to be getting a ton of pitches, pitch invitations in the last week, like two or three a day. Really? Yeah. And it's very annoying. Like it's, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm tempted to start doing what I do with the uh, emails I get on Twitter where I get a little snarky um, in, in posting and sharing them. But God, some of them are just terrible. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I, um, I see you doing really cool things. Really? <laughs> now I want to help you with X, Y, Z. I, 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 I see you doing wonderful things with, um, insurance corp <laughs> oh that's my favorite they do like a pre-fill uh, uh -huh. like a you know a dynamic tag in their email and and it for whatever reason it's only catches the first word yeah insurance <laughs> hey becky at insurance what do you do about this marketing strategy i'm in insurance <laughs> i work in insurance <laughs> yeah and I, I all the time i'm like okay well that was not a real email so i'm just gonna ignore it yeah no i i it's 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 fun to see all the pitches. Now I did get a call from a cold caller, an SDR. He was trying to sell tech services, and we we have a tech security firm that we work with. So I was like, yeah, we're good. However, I generally will go down the flow because I'm always finding curious. Ways, how did they do it? How they do it? What did they say? So goes, how did they set it up? So so. Um, Thank, thanks for what he does. Is well. Thanks for taking um, a time. Now I want to tell you this is a sales call. Do you want to hang up now? <laughs> I love that. 
Wow. And then, and then I go, I, I chuckle and said, no, but, uh, he goes, well, you might wonder why a, uh, you know, I might be calling a CEO like yourself about this, uh, about this opportunity. Are you sure you want to hear about this opportunity? I was like, listen, man, I- I'm probably not up. Op- I'm probably not into this opportunity, but I'll be honest with you. I like listening to SDR pitches. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and I go, and so far you're doing all right. <laughs> and then, um, but what he did really well is that he gave his, his pitch and he asked, and I said, listen, great pitch. Would my, would not mind looking at you. However, I'm contractually obligated. That's all folks. Um, it, it's, uh, we're contractually obligated, uh, with our current provider. Uh, it, but, and we just renewed for the year. So maybe connect next July or August and we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. And he goes, sounds great. He knew to shut it down because I gave him pushing, Mm -hmm. gave him a next step. He didn't, he didn't get in there. So I liked it. Like, but then I was like, and I record, you know, we record all our calls and then I send it over to Stuart and go, Hey, I liked it. There were some things he did wrong, but I, you know, overall this was pretty good. And so sometimes you get that, you get that diamond in the rough. Yeah. Well, you know, the, one of the best cold emails I've ever gotten was like, um, I forget the exact subject line, but it said beer and beer and books. That's what it was. It was beer and books. And she went and researched my LinkedIn uh-huh. profile. She researched my Twitter profile before she ever sent me yep. anything. Yep. And it was like, you know, I see you really like craft beers and you like to read books. I think we could be really great friends. <laughs> What's your favorite craft beer? And I was like, this, this no, that's an opening. Like that, yeah. that was crafted specifically for me. And I was like, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. I, I, a lot of times what they do is they, they, per, uh, you know, peruse your LinkedIn profile. Well, my LinkedIn profile has an interesting story. And actually that's, that was going to, that's going to be my open next week for the show. So you'll have to stick around and find out what that story is. Or just go read his LinkedIn page. Well, no, no, no. It's not about the LinkedIn page, but it's, it's surrounding it. But, um, in there, I, I, I provide the world that I am a ruthless asshole businessman because I invoiced my own grandmother at the age of like 13 or 14 years old. I'm ruthless, you know, but you know, the real story behind that is she asked me to pull out marigolds out of her backyard. I was out there for weeks upon weeks out in New Mexico. And so I got bored. And so I got her our typewriter out. I typed up an invoice. I went to walk down to the store, got envelopes. I filled it out. I mailed her the invoice. So it came in the mail. Um, you know, I, I, I did this and then, you know, thank you for your business and all of this type of stuff. And I, I didn't charge her anything, you know, is I think I probably charged her 10 bucks and I used that $10 to go down to the store. I walked down to the, the VHS store, um, and picked up a, a, a movie that I would watch and, um, I would come, you know, that was it. Yeah. If, if she would have given me the 10 bucks to go rent the movie anyway, you yeah. know, that, that wasn't what it was. And, uh, but yeah, a lot of times they'll bring up that story and they're they're just like, and you've invoiced your own grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to pay attention uh, to uh, tune in next week because uh, we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into uh, some of the surrounding of that uh, story that I just said. So 
that is completely unrelated to the story. But... So lesson here is if you have not already subscribed, so you don't miss this story next week <laughs> uh, in your podcast app. Uh, otherwise, Laird is rambling and I'm trying to get him back on task. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good leading. I appreciated yeah, you're, you're that leg up to mention that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, it's always been a great episode. As always. Thanks for listening. So I got a question. What was what what was said that am I the smartest man in the room? Is that what it said? I don't remember if it was man or person. I have to go uh, check my email again. So so because I was going to get that delineation because <laughs> it might have said man actually. <laughs> <laughs> so what they're doing is they're making sure that they're not calling you out, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so who's the smartest person in this room? No comment. <laughs> On one hand, I sign your paycheck. <laughs> On the other hand, Becky has an ego. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I it, it battles for space against Laird's ego. <laughs> oh, it's like two blimps running into each other over the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>